Michigan Liberation is a statewide network of people and organizations organizing to end the criminalization of Black families and communities of color in Michigan. We envision a state without mass incarceration, mass policing, and punishment. We envision a state with the best public education in the nation, single-payer health care, and thriving Black and brown communities. Here on the Respect the Rules podcast, we will lift up the stories and experiences of those impacted by mass incarceration, collective ties to the criminal legal system, and the frontline efforts to end mass incarceration. Everybody, thank you for joining us. The second episode of Life After Lockup Convo. I changed it, y'all. We had series at first, but we're going to go now into the convo and everything. And I am so excited to have these gentlemen join me again, Eric, Rocky, Andre, and Najee. I thank you so much. In the first episode, you told me about yourselves. Now I want to really get deep because, see, now nobody should be nervous anymore, right, y'all? We got people watching now. They, they sliding in. Please, please, anybody that is listening, watching, make sure you reach out to us at media at myliberation.org. Drop your comments in the comment section, comments check section. I'm getting tired, tongue, y'all. I'm going to drink me a little bit of water, a little juice here. There you go. And we will make sure that our guests make sure address that, okay? But you guys, thank you so much for staying on and everything. And, I mean, once again, Eric Kingsman Project. I, I want to really dive deep into everything. What has life been like since you know, after lockup, I mean, real talk, what have been the good, the bad, and the ugly, the struggles, the successes? Uh, for me? Yeah, or anybody that want to talk. I, I'm not going to, I threw it on you last time, Eric. Hey, yeah. hey, I, I'll let you, I'll give you a little sip, a little sip of water back there, but hey, let's do this. Andre, what about you? Oh, wow, man. Uh, He's not, like, wow. Not, not making it happen, right? You know, um, you know, I used to tell my dad, we would always, you know, okay, so let me tell you how this goes. <laughs> when, you, when, when you start out trapping in the streets, your family members, first they try to, they try to talk you out of them first. If, if you're fortunate enough or lucky enough, I won't say fortunate, but if you're lucky enough to have some success, they, they kind of try to talk you out of it, get a job, do this and do this. By year five, it's kind of like, let me hold something. <laughs> Let me hold something, man. I got, I got this. You know, I want to do this. Well, help me with this. Help me with that. By year seven, year eight, if you if you are lucky enough to go that long, I mean, I, we went on a thirteen year run. So now they go from, you know, talking you out of it to let me hold some. Now they're fans and supporters. <laughs> some family. Members, right? so Wait, now, now the family members realize. You're the breadwinner for the family, right? So me and my dad would have this running conversation. There isn't a situation that I can't take care of in a day, right? Your lights cut off, I got you. You need carpet in the house, I got you. Little Junior want to go to college, I got you. You, you, you want a new whip, I got you. You meet a sister at a, at a club, you fly her out to Chicago, you trick off a couple of dollars, you fly back, nobody even knew you left. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> so wow. that's how we live. You know, you, you you driving leather wood, you riding around in a moving living room every day. You know, <laughs> so and not be able to do that. Oh my God, <laughs> it's it is tough, man. It's tough. It's tough. And in your mind, or at least for me, I speak for myself. You do all this work, at least for me, you do all this work to get prepared on what you think is prepared because you figure like you got some things figured out or you got some, and it's tough. It's tough, right? Life life will deal with you. Everything doesn't always go according to plan, right? A lot of people don't trust what you say. Or people like like uh, 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 Eric said, I mean, like Najee said earlier, they're waiting on you to go back. You know what I mean? They Man, I had a conversation with a guy, one of my guys, man. He called me to ask me some information on another subject. And he was like, man, so-and-so, they waiting on you to fall on your face. You know, and I was like, yeah, okay. You know, because guys see you. You know, they know right. you're the guy. They like, man, he literally told me that. He said, man, they waiting on you to fall on your face, man. You know, all that high-power talk, you was in there doing this, that, and the third. They waiting on you to crash. I'm like, yeah. So all, all those things, all those so-called, but they're manufactured pressures because they really aren't real. But all those expectations, all those anxieties that you want to do and you want to accomplish, yeah. So when you talk to the Kingsman and you hear guys, because the worst thing in the world is to see a guy go back, right? Mm. All those years, you're waiting on your day. Year seven, year 12, year year 11, year nine, you're waiting on your day. And then you see a guy come back and you have so much disdain for that cat. You get out there and have his shot and then he didn't make the most of it. So for me, the number one thing is not to be that guy that goes back. Right, you can't be that guy. So no matter what people think about you, whatever you can't be that guy, right? I remember, you know, I had a guy, man. We started out together. We did eight years together. He got out, came back, got out again, and then came back. And I saw him at mine, and when I'm getting ready to leave, he like, man, you still ain't been out there. I'm like, no, I ain't been nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you (laughs) saw him lock. When you was locked up, you saw him again. You said when well, y'all was in passing or something. So we started out like we were at Lewisburg together, and then we were at McKean together. He left from McKean after eight years. We did eight years ago. He gets out, right? And he stays out probably three or four years, and then he comes back, right? He comes back on a violation, and then he gets out again, right? I'm still there. So when I get to Milan, he comes to Milan, right? He's at Milan. I'm in the laundry, and I work in the laundry. He come in. I'm like, wow, Rico, you back. And he back. But now he back with a big number. You know, he ain't going nowhere. And I'm like, wow. And uh, he's like, bro, you never, you made me. Nah, I ain't been out there, bro. I ain't give a show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no matter how bad it gets for me, I'm out here. Mm-hmm. He says that all the time, too. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about being out here, man. Don't get me wrong. There's... There's a part of me that wants to do some, some exciting things and some big big things. I'm out here. So I'm cool with that. See, that's my world, Mr. Lundy. It is 35 years of watching people get out and go back in. Sometimes it's deserved, sometimes not. But it's just sad to see that happen, you know? And the thing about it, Rock, is that you have no control. I had a partner. He went back because a young lady made a bogus phone call on him. Mm-hmm. Him, see it I, all the time. Yep. You know, you know, and she's the arsonist and the firefighter. 
right? <laughs> she starts the fire, then wants to put out the fire. But with the fans, it don't work that way. When right. they come, that's it. Yep. That's it. Wow. And, and a lot of it, if I can go back to what you said earlier, Andre, um, I've worked a lot with guys who've done between 15 and 25 years. And I know what's coming. They don't know it's coming yet. But when they get out, they were somebody on the outside before they went in. They got in, adjusted, did their thing, put their work in, and became somebody, right? Now they get out, and overnight, they're nobody. And they just don't know how to handle that. Um, so when I do pre-release classes and talk to people and spend a lot of time uh, before they're released in prison with them, try to get their head ready for that. But this is where the Kingsman comes in really handy. And just send them to dudes who've been there, gone through that, or are going through it. Super helpful. Yeah, exactly. Najee and I, we talk all the time about, man, you, you know, we, <laughs> you can't do so yet. Well, you want it? Nope. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Tell you, Najee, every time I went into Sandstone, there could be a thousand guys in that place, and, and, and I could try to hide. He'd find me and be there instantly asking me 20 questions <laughs> every single time, which is good. Well, Rocky, I didn't want to be the, one of those guys that Andre is talking about because I knew guys mm -hmm. that was coming back, one in particular from Iowa, Four times while I was in Sandstone. Yeah. Four yeah. times. He, I said, man, you ain't getting no more care package from me. I'm done. Nope. I'm nope. done with you, man. It's not my fault. Yeah, it's always your fault. Yeah. It's your fault. Because I remember in your classes, what we call her? Wanda. When you Wanda. go to Wanda, <laughs> Wanda's that girlfriend you go to depend on. She's the one making that phone call on you. She's the one throwing you out. She's the one giving you a ride to work. And then she ain't there to give you a ride no more because you done pissed her off. Yes. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to be one of those guys, even though I know I was coming home to a family and all that. But I know my lifestyle. I know my past lifestyle. I know of having all those cars and all those bikes, all those hot rods, mm -hmm. all the businesses, the chains, everything. Just chill. Going to spend 10 grand a night like it ain't nothing. And now you got to humble yourself. I'm telling you, Andre took call me. I said, where you at, man? He says, he said, my, my pea shooter's down. He said, he's at the bus stop. I said, man, you want me to come get you? Because I felt it. Yeah. I felt that that was me right there. I said, I'm coming to get you, man, from the bus stop. You ain't getting no bus. He said, I'm already getting on. Don't worry about it. I said, man, because you have to. For me, I had to have that humbling experience. I had to get on that bus, right? Because, listen, I got an ego bigger than anybody, right? And my dad used to call it the earth guide only, right? And I talk a lot. You know, I was raised by a single dad. And my dad is a big influence in my life. And but he always had the right message at the right. And I didn't the problem is I didn't always listen to it. As I've gotten older, you started to realize those lessons made sense. And they were, you know, they were prudent lessons, but I didn't always hear it. But getting on that bus was a big deal. I was like, man, I'm, listen, I told Eric this. I don't know what the bus driver said. Yeah, I was dressed so nice one time on the bus. The dude was like, he looked at me, he was like, you ain't even supposed to be on the bus. He just let me go ahead, man. He didn't even talk to me. He looked at me. He like, I believe that. I believe that. He just knew I didn't ride the bus, and he just let me go, man. Yeah. <laughs> I had like a, I had a sport coat on and a jacket, you know, a jacket and a sport coat on. He was like, no, nah, you don't ride the bus, bro. 
And I see guys dressed nice, but he for some for some reason he just knew I didn't ride the bus like that. He wow. Let me go and get him to pay the fare. So, but then no, I'm sorry, Andre, but also incorporate y'all. How what kind of food for thought or words of wisdom would you give? You know, some of these young guys out here, or these or men out here, period, that are struggling, who are fighting that recidivism, and and just I don't know, you know. Well, listen, I mean, you, guys, you guys do a lot of great work at Michigan Liberation for fighting, you know, fighting the recidivism, that monster. And that is Anthony Boyd on that voiceover. That's my guy. I was going to say that, too. I was going to say that. That's Anthony. That's the most. He did our voiceover, y'all. Yes. I knew it. Mr. Boyd is the most disciplined human being I have ever met in my life. And I continue to say that. But first, you got to know who you are. Who are you? Right. What do you stand for? Right. What what is going to be your conviction? So for me, it's I have to win on character. Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm feeling, I can't besmirch my character because I've worked so hard to get it to where it is. Mm -hmm. So you don't judge me based on my past. You judge me what I have to offer, what I have to contribute to whatever endeavor we may pursue. So I don't want to I don't want to relinquish that by doing something stupid or taking a risk, an unnecessary risk, because I'm trying to have some fast monetary reward that no, nobody cares about anyway. At the end of the day, nobody cares. It's, it's the value that you bring to it to, to begin with. So to, the, to people who are struggling with that, that beast, know who you are, stand perpendicular on your square, man, and be patient. Be patient. Right? The slow owner gets it. Just be patient. Keep pecking away. Keep pecking away. Keep pecking away. I look at you know, it's quicker to build a structure than it is to build a man, right? And so you just got to keep keep putting those blocks together. Keep putting those blocks together. Wow. And yeah, that, that's right, right about that patience. You know, but I think they also should know their triggers because I know what my triggers are and I stay away from them. I know. Why do I need to go somewhere and see my addictive lifestyle that I was in the past, stay away from it until I'm able to do things the right way. And if I want to, you know, if I want to enjoy life and buy nice things, do it the right way. I'm struggling over here with, I get, you know, came home to a family business. We're struggling with it. You know what I mean? I'm humbling myself. I'm here. I ain't getting paid. I'm coming here and not getting paid and humbling myself because I know I'd be like, I see something out there. I saw somebody pull up in the car. Hey, man, look what he got, man. I said, man, I could make that in one week. I could have that in one week. You know what? But I'm better than that. And that's like know who you are and your character. Like what Andre's talking about. That's the food for thought people need to. That's a struggle. But they need to be around people that could talk to them who's mm -hmm. having the same struggles. And that's what the Kingsman is about. And that's why I go to the Kingsman every week and help others because it reminds me of myself. Mm -hmm. We lost. We lost two. One was pre-trial, and one was on supervised release. One, it was a close friend, and I'm I'm so bad, mad about that. I feel like it was my fault, and I know it's not my fault. I can't help everybody. But I'm, you know, I take that I take that personally because I feel like, man, that was my fault. I, you know, I should have stayed on top of them to keep coming back to the Kingsman. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's it's like when they drop out, it's like, man, they up to something. Man, you. Know that's the thing. When you stop hearing from him, you get where. That's what I respect about DeAndre. I'll be so worried about him. 
But he'll 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 dip out for a couple of days. He'll pop back in. Be like, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I love about Andre. Man, he pops back up. He lets you know he's doing good. You know what yeah, he's we'll doing. Pop back in. We'll go a couple of days. Don't hear from him. Like, all right, he's doing good. And then there's certain dudes like we see. I see Royal on Facebook. He'll tap in with me on Facebook, DM me, and I know he's okay. So it, it's certain, but then it's certain guy, like I said, they go dark. When they go dark, you know it's it's, it's going to end bad, but <laughs> it's highly likely to end bad. And this is and listen, uh, this is this is why the group is so powerful. Hey, we because, became a family, uh, uh, Eric. We became uh -huh. a family. We Say became that again. a family on that group. Yeah, brotherhood, like a brotherhood. Yeah, and I think, and I think a big connection of it was at first when they got out, they didn't know me. So I started talking about my grimy parts of my life, all the dirt I did. I was like, I did some terrible stuff to women. And I was out here bad. I went to prison for it. And I'll talk about my grimy stuff. And then earlier I said too, these guys were bosses in their own right. What I meant by that is like when Andre was describing how he could, you know, he would just go, you know, go to Chicago, do this nice cars every day. Najee talking about, man, going to spend 10 grand was nothing. See, now this is where I come in, right? Because now you get, they got to adjust to that. That's a, that's, a, that's a whole nother life adjustment. And what I be trying to bring to the table is, man, we got to put, you got to put the brakes down. You got to put the brakes on and you got to look at things different and you got to set a whole nother pace. And then I use, you know, like me, I ain't had nothing. You know what I mean? I, I didn't own anything prior to going to prison. I got everything after prison. I own a home. You know, I got cars in the garage. I go to work every day. I couldn't go to work every day. If you if I didn't have to go to work every day, I'd have got fired. That's how bad I was. You ain't even got to go to work. I would have messed that up. Right. You know, but we addressed that struggle. And I know what that is. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I didn't have large sums of money. Like, in, I was like balling. Mm -mm. but I know what it is and I know where they're coming from and where and how this side of life and where I am at life, this is it. This is the bomb. You know what I mean? Ever since I got out, like I said, I got high and I was on some 14 treatments. That mean I fell off every time, right? Every time I go to treatment, fall off, go to treatment, fall off. I couldn't stop smoking and drink. I couldn't stop. But that prison thing did it for me. And ever since 2011, when I got out, I have used nothing. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I ain't on no slick stuff. And I'm having a great time. So with that being said, I can relate this and share this with the men, with the men saying, man, it can, it can be good without all of that. You can still come up, you know, without all the shenanigans and doing what you did to get you to prison in the first place. It ain't. I'm, I'm living proof of it. I'm sitting over here. I'm living proof. And that's part of why we keep that connection, because we can really talk about real stuff and then know that everybody know where everybody talking about. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's real. That's I wanna, real. I want to add to that one point. I think we kind of gloss over it. I don't, I don't know if we amplify it enough in that being sober. Right. Like, you know, um, I did, I never drank. I was never a big drinker, but I blew trees with the best of them. And for the people, it's legal out here now. But just being clear, clear headed. Because when Najee talked to me, I can hear you. 
you know, uh, the nefarious voice isn't bigger than the, the sound voice. Right. Because if I'm under the influence, I don't hear what he's saying to me. Right. Because right. my mind is made up that I'm going to do what I want to do. All I need is that one ignition for somebody to support that thought and I'm gone. Right. I'm not, I'm not really asking you. I'm telling you what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, wow. so being clear-headed and can listen to you know my brothers tell me hey man that may not, that don't really sound right well nah I ain't doing that you know those those things help man that sobriety is big at least for me yeah. everything that's real talk mm -hmm. that's everything. real talk and now Rocky tell me since you have had the honor of mentoring you know at least Eric and then meeting you know, Andre and Najee, what, what kind of food for thought can you, for doing this for so many years, especially after, wait, during a pan, before a pandemic, during the pandemic and after, it's like, I know you got something to leave us with. Cause I mean, we already did two episodes and y'all probably ready to go do a third. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, it's so much. The biggest thing I see, and you guys are all touching on it is that identity piece when you come out and what's what helps you solidify that is you have to value contentment and that that's a new thing for most especially for guys you know, they're always trying to change everything about them through as we heard money cars whatever it is but to value contentment come out sit down it's quiet sometimes it's too quiet for most guys Right. No, it's too noisy inside to get out. It's too quiet. Uh, but to come out and to f and you're hearing this, these are guys talking to guys. That's pretty rare. Right. <laughs> but get some advice and just be content and roll with life and learn how to finally handle it and deal with stuff and find that joy and contentment in some simple stuff. Mm -hmm. that, it's a beautiful thing to see happen. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't see it too too often, but uh when it does, it's it's pretty clear what's going on. Right, right. Yep. So before we, you know, end this these these two episodes where we did black back to back, you know, and we definitely gotta come back because we gotta unpack it as we say in Michigan Liberation. We done threw it out to everybody. Now we gotta unpack it because you have people, especially with the line of work that we do. From expungement to bailing, you know, trying to end cash bail or bailing people out, whether it's a female or a male, and then um, trying to work on um, good time initiatives type of thing. We're, we're struggling with that here in the state of Michigan. Um, we People need to hear your stories, you know, um, and hear more from you, unpack it more. What it was life, you know, let's, in another episode, we got to talk about what was life like on the inside mm -hmm. and also what are you doing now we know where you got the kingsman project but just individually you know mm -hmm. and so forth so we gotta look at that for another episode but i know we're getting ready to go and everything and and just i don't know y'all any last words for those of y'all that i mean for for people who are listening watching i would, I, I would like i would like to say that anybody could get a hold anybody in the detroit area who's listening to this in michigan Get a hold of, get a hold of us. Get a hold of me. We'll get them on the Zoom. They can come check it out. Anybody dealing with struggles like us, 
They can get uh, my number or information from Ms. Marjan through Michigan Liberation. I'm also a core team member with Michigan Liberation. And come on the Kingsman, check it out for yourself. Let us help you with your struggles. You'll be helping us as well. Yep. Man. And I'd like to say um, that from where I've been, prison, drug addiction, just all of that, there is life after prison. There is the good life. The good life is there for you. You can't go to Target and buy it. You can't get it at Walmart. You can't, you know, you have to put work in, but it's worth it. And I'm, for me, who gotten high and was dysfunctional most of my life, I am having a real good time now and I don't do anything. I never thought it was even life after with after getting high. I, if you're not getting high, you're not nothing going on. But I'm having a really good time with life after prison. Anything else? Any other? I mean, hey, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, this has been so cool. It's the start of something that we definitely got to keep going. You know, um, we just don't know who's going to hear, who's going to watch and need that little bit of um, nugget. Mm -hmm. Keep going to keep going, you know, and so forth. So I thank you gentlemen so much from the bottom of my heart on behalf of Michigan liberation. You got to come back and everything. So, Hey, thank you for having us. Oh, it's my John. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Y'all got to stay on, but I'm going to end this show so everybody can keep doing what they're doing. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Tune in next time. And hey, Najee, no, we respect the roots. So all together, we got to stay say this together. Respect the roots. So what we going to do, gentlemen? Respect, respect the roots. Root. <laughs> we out of here, y'all. Michigan Liberation Education Fund, C3, conducts grassroots organizing, leadership development, and civic engagement activities. Michigan Liberation C4 and Michigan Liberation Action Fund, IE, are sister organizations.